I'm sorry, who is this dripping all over my living room right now? <laughs> I'm sorry. Janet, Tom, this is my sister Maxine. What on earth are you doing here? Is something wrong? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the TFG podcast. Um, in this series, if you're new, we are um, reviewing each episode of Stranger Things Season 3 in depth. Um, I'm joined by my buddy, Jason. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, and today we are up to episode three, which is titled The Case of the Missing Lifeguard. Um, so we start off with the with exterior scene of Hopper's cabin um, at night time. And then we cut to uh, Max and Eleven sitting in her bedroom. Um, now her bedroom has took like a, a huge change from <laughs> um, season two. You know, like it's now... It now resembles an actual teenager's bedroom. Yeah, it's it's lived in, as you could say. Yeah, I mean, in season two, the cabin had never been like used for years and years, but now you know she's got posters on the wall, she's got photos up, she's got a radio, she's got a bed, all that sort of good stuff. So it actually looks like a normal, you know, a normal teenager's room. Um, and for once, she's actually doing doing teenage things. She's hanging out with her with Max, who, whose relationship together has sort of blossomed in season three, um, and she's sitting reading some, you know, generic 80s teen magazine. <laughs> you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you had them in, in the 80s, Jason. Oh, yeah. And the, the reference to Ralph Macchio, the karate kid. That was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I could imagine he was like the in guy in the 80s and all the girls had a crush on him. 100%. The teen... <laughs> Teen Scream or whatever those magazines. I remember my sister had those laying around and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one, of, one of the fun things that we, we see here in this scene is we, we see Eleven use her, her, power, her powers for, like, fun for, the, for, like, one of the first times. Like, not, not counting when she made, the, um, she made the soda explode, like, in the last episode, but she actually goes into the void. Um, because I can't remember if it's Max or Eleven. I think it's Max says that she wonders what the guys are doing. Um, and then you see like Eleven give her sort of a weird look. And then the, the next camera shot you see is like hearing the static on the radio and Elle's putting a blindfold on, which, you know, she has to do to, to go into the void. Um, and she uses it to spy on the guys, which I thought was absolutely amazing. Like, so, so fun. Yeah, like a guy's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guys had no idea what was happening in, you know, in the void. There's, you know, Eleven walking over. You've got uh, Mike lying on the couch in uh, Lucas as if he's like the therapist and, you know, Mike's the patient wanting advice and therapy. <laughs> and he's sitting, he's sitting stuffing his face with chips. Um, and then in the corner, you've got poor Will who's setting up a, a D&D campaign. Um who I feel really sorry for because none of the guys seem seem interested in the minute of D and D. Yeah, and they're and then they're just hearing everything you know guys say to their buddies and stuff when when their girlfriends aren't around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is this is this the scene where where Lucas says that? I think this might be later on where where he says that he's been dumped five times, or is that later on? I think that's later on, but he they call him. Uh, 
species or something. They kept yeah, saying yeah. The, the, the women's species. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, Max can't see what Eleven's seeing. So she's like, you know, Eleven's like, they're calling us a species. <laughs> Max is, is like, what? Because, <laughs> like, like, Eleven has no idea what a species is. Um, <laughs> you know, so she could either, either think that's something really good or something really bad. Yeah. Uh, and then Will's saying, come, come and play D&D, and we're, like, we're trying to like solve the mystery of the great female species. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the sort of the trip to the void sort of ends when um, Lucas lets out a, a huge fart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, ooh, and then it cuts over. That's funny. And then, the, then um, they're both laughing on the floor, um, and then the sort of hear a car pull up. And this is obviously continued straight on from episode two. Um, and it's it's Chief Hopper coming back really like I'm really surprised like by how drunk he was leaving um leaving the Enzo's restaurant that he actually managed to drive home. Hey, he's the chief of police. He can do what he wants. <laughs> so like when he when he's so bad up tomorrow that that's when he's gonna deal with all the cars that he's hitting. Yeah. That public damage that he's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely not a, a thing to do. But it, th- what I found funny in that scene, too, was uh, how every time he comes in and, you know, first when he first walked in the door, he's he sees the light on in, in Elle's room and he's like, I said three inches, you know, <laughs> yeah. because the door is closed. And, um, of course, when he bar- kind of barges in, um, the girls are in it looking innocent, you know, even though they were just like using the powers and, yeah. <laughs> and everything. They're like, they're laying there just, oh, we're just reading this magazine, kind of like what uh Mike and her had done before. So I kinda thought that was funny. Yeah, it was just the look on, on Hopper's face when he when he walks in and sees that Mike's not like he's expecting it to be Mike. <laughs> and when he when he sees it, it's Max, he's just like, Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's another bit where, you know, Eleven gets to be, you know, a normal teenager because she's, she's having a sleepover for the first time, which is, um, which I think, you know, I, I really enjoyed seeing Eleven get to be normal. I know she's, in the story, she's wrote to be, you know, this with her superpowers and, you know, all the struggle. But I, I don't know, I, I liked seeing her do normal stuff this season. Yeah, I, it, it kind of expands on her character, you know, and I just... It's just fun to see kids, I don't know, what not find themselves, but, you know, kind of start discovering new things. It's always yeah. kind of fun. I mean, of yeah. course, in, in Will's case, it's kind of <laughs> sad. It's kind of the opposite. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, can't have, you can't have too much happiness in Stranger Things. Yeah, and I like the part where when Hopper's like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. You know, is your parents okay? And then he turns around, he's that big smile of like, finally, Mike, you know, he doesn't have to worry about Mike and Eleven as much. And yeah, he kicks back and takes the, the champagne bottle that he had walked out of, and sits it down. The, and, the Chianti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably puts on some Magnum PI. And <laughs> he just flips the lazy boy up and he's, uh, he's, he's quite content for the night. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but then um, you know, we skip back into to Elle's room. Um and I'm assuming this is the first time Elle's ever done this and it's a it's a version of spin the bottle. Um, you know, and the they have everybody's I'm trying to get up on the screen who's 
whose names they actually have. Um, um, this actually kind of freaked me out a little bit because, you know, of course, spin the bottles, one of those things where you do it in a group. Yeah. But sometimes I remember kids, you know, doing it and then they would say, and you know, say certain things. Oh, I'd kiss him or whatever. And I saw that Billy's name was on there and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, that's Max's yeah. brother. And I'm going, no, no, no. But then it was like, these are the people that we're going to spy. I guess spy yeah, on. So, so this is so. like sort of Eleven's version of um, a spin the <laughs> bottle. So we've got we've got Mrs. Wheeler, Dustin, uh, Mr. Wheeler. We've got Steve, Nancy, Mr. Clark, and also Billy um, is the final one. So you've got like quite an array of, of characters, I suppose, of what what they would be doing. Yeah. Um, so I think the first <laughs> one they actually spin on is it's Mr. Wheeler, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching now, Mr. Wheeler. So, like, straight away, they're like boring because, like, you know for a fact he's <laughs> just going to be sitting on his lazy boy asleep, or he's or he's like <laughs> eating dinner at his dinner table. That's all you ever pretty much see him do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But then eventually we land on Billy. Um. And Max is like, I should just warn you, he's he's probably doing something gross with a girl. Um. You, you'll get scored for life, sort of thing. Um. But Eleven's like, we're doing it, we're doing it. Um, yeah, and that's when we start seeing a little bit more of what Billy's up yeah, to. Yeah, because as of now, you know, we know that he's possessed, but we haven't really saw him do much. Um, so then Elle goes back into the void, and she sees Billy's car, um, and she walk, she walks up to it, and, she, you know, she's noticing the damage. Um, and then when she gets to the car... Um, she turns around and she sees Billy bent over, but you can't see you can't see who he's looking at. Um, so that keeps a, a little bit mis- mystery. You can just hear sort of a girl crying. Um, yeah. So I think it's cool that they didn't necessarily show you who was there. But then when Billy stands up, he turns around and he sort of he, he knows Eleven's there, which is is something that we've never seen before when Elle's been in the void. Except for Mike, right? Mike also recognized her. Oh, I must have missed that. Wait. Yeah, I think in the uh, first or second season, I thought that she sensed Mike and Mike sensed her or something. Um, I think they reference it at some point in this in this episode. Right. Um, so she kind of, at this point... This is where Elle's like, something's up because, you know, the boys didn't recognize her, you know, in the yeah. void, but Billy did. So something's, and of course he doesn't look, look the healthiest once yeah. again in this, in this scene. So, um, but of course Max can't see it. So she doesn't get as concerned. Yeah. And of course um, Elle's never, Elle and Billy have never met at this point either. So, um, you know, Elle knows who Billy is, but. You know, Billy doesn't really know who Elle is because in season two, I believe she wasn't there when he visited um, Will's cabin when they had the fight with Steve Harrington. I, yeah, now she came in yeah. later. Um, but anyway, the credits roll, and then we cut back into another another funny scene. Um, so we're back in Mike's basement, and Lucas and, and Mike are asleep. Lucas is on the floor, Mike's on the couch, you know, there's loads of orange crush, there's snacks around, so they've, <laughs> they've had like a boys' night in, 
and they both wake up because Will is blasting some, you know, quest music dressed as Will the Wise, you know, in his wizard's robe. And I feel sorry for Will because all he wants to do, he just wants to play D&D. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of those points. They, I mean, they, they kind of hang on it too, where Will's just not, I don't know if it's an age thing or what, because you don't really realize it when you're that young, but it's just like you're no you're no longer interested in, in doing D and D or whatever, you know, it is at the time. Yeah. And now one of the the most I'm, important point I think about Will this season is like, you know, a lot of people have, have sort of said, you know, Will's coming out as gay. Um, you know, not as I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but what what I am saying is I don't think he is. I just think that he hasn't you know, matured yet, whereas, you know, the rest of the guys, they've lived their life for the, like, the last two seasons, what's that, like, the last two years, um, you know, season one, he was stuck in the upside down for, for a while, season two, he was possessed by the mind flare, so the guys have got, like, two years worth of, like, maturing and, and growing up, where Will's missed out on a lot of that. Yeah. And I mean, everybody ages differently. I mean, and it's like, he's not interested in girls yeah, or, you know, or boy or whatever, whichever they, they take it. But like you said, I, I don't think, I think it's more of just an age. Thing, yeah. That's you, know? It. you know, the guy just wants to, to enjoy being who he is for now, you know? Yep. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's, yeah. Cool. <laughs> don't grow <Yeah>. up. kids. <laughs> Take your time growing up, because once you do... Play D&D &D forever. Yeah. <laughs> once you get a mortgage, it's just bills and cutting grass. Because <laughs> that's all I seem to do. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is the scene... It's funny you said that. Is, is the scene right after the credits, it's Will's dad out there mowing <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> and then they cut to, to where they're in the... Uh, in the basement, so I was like, <laughs> "That's funny." You said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the the next one that we skip on it was um, everybody, all the women out there probably enjoyed this scene. I'm going to say, <laughs> um, you know, Hopper's turned into quite the sex symbol now, really, hasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. So we get to see him. He, he comes out the shower. He's got the dad bod. Um, <laughs> He's, he's drinking his milk, but then he gets a knock at the door, um, and who bursts in? <laughs> that would be Joyce. <laughs> um, and he's, they, they're on two different points. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's uh, feeling it from the night before his, uh, what do you call it, the, the champagne, the, oh, I can't remember what he the called it, but anyway... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's basically hung over, and she's coming in all you know hyped up on what she found, and um, it takes him a while to get on the same on the same playing field. Um, but yeah, that's a good scene, and I, I you see Harper like this kind of reminisces to the first season where Harper wakes up. First thing he does is he pops some Advil yeah. on. You know, and so I was like, oh, okay, now now we're kind of getting back into the Harper that we knew. I kind of grew used yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just I just love so. the fact that you know Joyce storms in. She's like, we need to talk. Like, totally ignores the fact that that she stood him up, <laughs> and then Hopper Hopper just unbelievable con like process what's happening. He's just like, 
I haven't been stood up that, like that since Alice Gilbert in the ninth grade. <laughs> I, just, I just thought that was brilliant. And then, you know, we have Crazy Joyce who just pours a, a handbag on the floor and she gets her magnets out and, you know, Hopper's wondering, like, what the hell are you doing? You know, and she's trying trying to put her magnets on and Hopper's just like, I just can't deal with this right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, yeah, she it's totally not in her mind. Like, she's totally forgotten about their celebration day because yeah. it wasn't a day. <laughs> uh, but and then she mentions that she was uh, with uh, Mr. Is it Mr. Scott? Scott Clark. No, it's okay, Scott yeah. Clark, Mr. Clark. And he's like, what? So, <laughs> what? so what I noticed here is, is he's like, who's Scott? And then she says Scott Clark. Um, and it, I don't know if it's just that Jim's forgotten who he is, but they're actually met. So I, I've recently started watching season one again. Um, and when they are searching for Will in, I think, the second episode, they actually meet each other and he introduces himself as I'm Mr. Clark, the teacher at the school. Um so I don't know whether I just, you know, within two years of never meeting again, he's forgot or... Uh, well, he says, uh, Harper says, your your kid's science teacher or something like that. And she's like, yeah, he's quite brilliant or something like that. or You know, so he does recognize her. But in that scene that you're referring to, isn't that when he met, we kind of found out about his daughter, the first, like, Mr. Clark was talking to, and this is in... I guess season two or maybe season one, but he, he's talking to Mr. Clark or Mr. Clark comes up talking to oh, him yes. or whatever. And Harper's like, yeah, yeah. My daughter's something, you know, like she's in school and Mr. Clark's, Oh, did I have her in my class? Which is something teachers always ask. Yeah. And he just kind of walks away. And that's when the sheriff's like, she passed away, you know, two years ago yeah. or something, which, yeah, um, but maybe that's why he didn't quite recognize him because I think he was on just a, I don't know, he didn't seem with it when he was talking yeah, to him yeah. back then. It also, uh, also, this scene is is quite important because this is where where Joyce first plants the seed about the, the electromagnetic field that that's making the magnets go funny. Um, but obviously, Hopper just does not take a serious one little bit. Yeah, and then she. This is where they finally. It's like, you know, for people that have been watching the show, it's like, uh, when you guys think about the, the, fat or the uh, scientist and you yeah. know, everything that's going on. If something's weird going on, you you initially think they're bad. Yeah, and and that's finally when Joyce is like, it's got to be them, and <laughs> and that's when Harper kind of gets serious. He's like, no, you know, I've. You know, I think he keeps in touch with the um, the other scientist. I can't remember his name, but um, he kind of gets starts to get a little more serious about it. it's not them. Yeah, you know, I know for sure. Um, but this one scene, like when she walks out on him, and he doesn't know, and he's in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this scene it's weird because it kind of got a jump scare from me um, when he comes out the door and he's like yelling outside like Joyce like she drove off or something <laughs> and she comes out of the the shed I that got me I, I was like you know because it's one of those scenes where I wasn't like paying attention in a sense I mean I'm watching it but I'm not expecting yeah. her to come flying out a pair of bulkers <laughs> in, a, in a huge flashlight <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so I, I thought that was a kind of cool scene um, yeah um 
and, and then we cut to uh, Max and Eleven. You know, this, and this was another funny scene as well because this this is where um, this is where Max is like Eleven's um, explaining she she heard um, Billy sensed that in in the void, which is not something that's normal, you know. And then, then Max is saying sometimes like she he has screams from his bedroom, but like he has the thing. Good screams. Yeah, yeah. When, when, Bill, when Billy's alone, they make some really crazy noises, but like happy screams. And Eleven's like, "What's a happy scream?" <laughs> and I just and then Max is just like, "I'm going to lend you my mom's Cosmo magazine." And uh, it's just like it's uh, I don't know. It's just like the awkward teenage thing of growing up of teenagers you know learning stuff like that at different stages it, it just reminded me of being young yeah yeah you know you max is probably thinking yeah harper hasn't talked about the birds and bees <laughs> so here you go i'm gonna lend you a magazine yeah yeah, yeah. Um, um but then we we headed to billy's bedroom which you know is a typical ths bedroom with the the penthouse magazines and cigarettes on his bed stand um, but then they head into billy's bathroom um and the bath is full, and it's got loads of ice packs in, um, which you know is another indication that he's possessed by the mind flare. Because if we flip back to season two, um, when Will runs a bath, you know he, he tells Joyce that he likes it cold, um, you know. So that's another, without directly saying Billy's the mind flare, um, you know, that's another direct sort of a nod to it. Yeah, and it it just. Going back to what I said earlier, again, Max is like, oh, well, that's because he works out. Yeah. He's always lifting weights like crazy. That's for his muscles. And and it just, it seems like Max, I mean, it, it's probably because, it, I mean, I'm sure it's because her, it's her brother and she doesn't want to think anything bad. Like, he can't, he, I, she knows he's a bad guy, but she doesn't think he's that bad. Yeah. And um, so she's just kind of avoiding the, what I think she knows is to be true. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but then, you know, they head under the, the cabinet in the Billy's bin and they find the um, Heather's lifeguard um, pack thing and, and a whistle covered in blood, um, which Max is, you know, Max would probably find pretty hard to explain. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a fanny pack. <laughs> I, I, I I know what it is. I just didn't want to say it because in the UK it's, it's totally different and it's just awkward for UK people to say. It. <laughs> <laughs> they they've been trying to ban them here in the US since the eighties. <laughs> and now they're starting to, starting to come back in fashion. Oh, I, my mom's got one. She wears every once in a while. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> right. So um, then we we cut back to. Um, Hawkins' favorite couple, not, um, oh. and it's back. You know, Nancy's got Jonathan to develop the photos of the uh, of the rats, and she's trying to sort of trying to describe it, like prove that it's a good story to the rest of the the guys in the uh, the newsroom. You know, she's she's talking about all the supplies going missing, um, the fertilizer and the the cleaning supplies, the diesel fuel, that sort of thing. And it's just, you know, the typical macho thing of nobody's interested in what she's got to say. Yeah, and in that scene, you see the first second, you think the the boss, I can't remember his name, I think it might be Tom or something. Yeah. He, he's like, now, guys, and starts, and you're thinking, oh, okay, 
he's going to take her. And then he makes some kind of, you know, Nancy Drew and the missing <laughs> fertilizer or something. And so she basically gets storms off and says, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's, it seems like that whole chauvinistic thing is, is pretty played out in there, but it's, I don't know. I, they get their revenge eventually. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we, we head back to my favorite setting. Yes. Um, Starcourt Mall, especially Scoops Ahoy. And we see the lovely, annoying little Erica wanting more free samples. Um, you know, which is, which is her theme this season. Um, but that's not really, that's not really a massive plot hole. I think that's just a, a build up to start the, the setting to, to Dustin and Mike with the, the binoculars hiding behind like a big palm plant thing, you know, trying to scout out all the bad people in there, just trying to find the evil Russian in the mall. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's like when Erica comes up and Robin's like, you're not getting any more samples you're abusing. And then, you know, she said something, well, where's the other, uh, you know, asking where the other guy yeah. is or something. Cause apparently he folds and gives her, <laughs> gives her all the samples. But she's like straight up, they're investigating something or, you know, something like that. Yeah. You know, like she just tells them the truth, <laughs> which is, you know, kind of funny. But and then, yeah, we cut over to the two misfits looking for the Russian spy. This is where, where Dustin turns into dad Dustin and he's giving him, you know, dating advice. And he's just, Steve's like, say Robin one more time. And Dustin's like, Robin, 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 Robin. <laughs> it's just I love them two together it's so fun yeah he, it, it's funny how like he says something like Dustin says something kind of adult like and he uh, looks over to him he's like uh, reading his hat you know camp nowhere no nothing or something <laughs> you see him trying to kind of think up a little comeback um, but yeah their their interactions are, are so fun this season yeah and then um after that, we head we head back to Mike's basement where Will has finally got the guys to play D and D. But the guys, you know, they're, they're just not interested. Other, they're just trying to sort of be nice for Will. Yeah, yeah, they just you can tell they're not wanting to play. They're wanting to, I guess, go meet the girls, figure out what's going on, and and I guess you know, basically, Mike finally. Uh, or Will finally just says, you know, go do your thing, whatever, you know, gets, they have basically it kind of blows up in their face. Um, and I, I'm glad that in that scene, you see Will and Mike and, and Lucas have their argument, but I'm glad he just didn't storm off and they leave it like that. I like that. They kind of talk like, Hey, we're, we're, we're growing up, yeah. we're changing. And, and so I kind of felt that was, kind of neat that they stuck with the scene um, instead of just letting them, you know, uh, will fill whatever, you know. I, I don't know. I just like that part when, when they both kind of went off and talked about it a little bit yeah. as friends. Another notable thing from this scene is where where Will says to Mike, where's Dustin? And Mike's for the first time, like, sort of realizes that he doesn't know where Dustin is and he's, he's not with the party and, Will's like, see, you, you don't even care where he is. Um, and that's a, a sad thing, really, because it's sort of, I know everybody's grown up, but, you know, they were best friends, and this is the first, like, sort of season where the gang's all split up and doing that one thing. 
Yep. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's stuff that changes. And it goes back to like what you said before, where um, Dustin heard the signal and who'd he run to? Yeah. Yeah. Steve instead of the guys. Yep. And that to me plays into that scene, like you said. So. Yeah. So we head back to um, the Hawkins pool in the middle of a thunderstorm. And we get to see, you know, everybody packing up and pretty much what everyone does at a Disney water park as soon as a, a storm <laughs> rolls in. Um, yeah. And then we get the Ellen and, and, and Max are trying to take Heather's fanny pack um, back back to the pool. And you get, you know, your typical teenage summer workers who aren't interested. Um, what does he say? He says something like, you can't go in the pool if, it, if you want to get electrocuted, go climb a tree or something like that. Yeah, we basically 30 minutes after the last strike, we're not letting you in if you want, you know, something probably, probably go back to like the Disney cast. Yeah. They're probably, they're probably like, yeah, we can't let you in. It's the, the law, you know, <laughs> it just struck lightning. You got to wait. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're definitely don't care. Um, don't have any care in the world about, I mean, then they're teenagers. He's like, yeah, she, she didn't show up or something. Um, so, and then I guess Max kind of covers, because I think Elle was about, you know, kind of about ready to say something, and Max is like, oh, well, we just want to give it back to her, and um, I don't know, she always kind of covers for Elle, and I don't know, Elle, Elle seems to get serious quick. Yeah, she's, she, doesn't, she doesn't know how to deal with some situations, does she? Yeah, and I think that's the, how they play off each other, which is kind of cool. Um, but then we get to see, you know, Elle... Elle's powers seem to be a lot stronger because she can sort of go into the void wherever she wants now as long as she's got, you know, like the the, the noise in the background. She can't, you know, like a, something over her eyes where she can't see. So they head into the changing rooms um, and Max puts all the showers on for the sort of static noise and they get some like, like swim goggles and put some duct tape over them just so she can't, you know, see and she's got a, a photo of Heather there. And then she's back into the void, um, and she sees this red door. And she opens it. There's a bathtub, um, and th this was quite a quite a dark scene. Really, she leans into the bathtub, and you know Heather jumps up. Um, Watch her screams like "Help me!" And when Eleven goes to help her, the, the bathtub disappears, and it's like she's going deeper and deeper under the water, and like Eleven's gasping. She's another water as well, and she she panics and lifts a mask off and Max is sort of like, what's wrong? Because again, like you mentioned, Max can't see anything, What what's happening to Elle. Yeah. It, it, in that particular scene with the bathtub, it kind of flashed back to like, you know, going because we're in the 80s and just thinking, I, I remember that Freddy Krueger scene right. way back. That, that's what hit me when I saw that bathtub for some reason. I don't know why, but it just... Just because you're, I guess you're watching it, you're thinking everything 80s. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's it. I think at this point, Max is finally figuring out, okay, something's not right, you know, um, especially the way Elle reacts to that. Um, but, and then we jump, I guess we, from that scene, we jump over to uh, uh, Hopper and Joyce, which is to me is a pretty sad scene because they're back at the laboratory. Yeah. Um, 
absolutely loved this scene and the, the camera work on this, especially because, you know, they the walked back in. And it was great to see the lab again, you know, because that's the basis of season one and two. Um, you know, when we walk through the lab and, and Joyce is sort of looking, because as soon as you walk into the lab, that's the last place, she, you know, she saw her boyfriend, Bob, alive. And the camera work <laughs> on there was amazing because they blended, in, you know, the flashback of Bob straight in. So you see Joyce looking and then the camera reverses and you see Bob looking back. But then you see the demo dog attack him, and that's when you realise it's a flashback to to what happened there, not actual in that shot. I thought that was really good. Yeah, yeah, and then anything with Bob in it, you're like, man, darn. Bob, Bob <laughs> I, I like better. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> um, but, I think it's but then one thing we see, you know, when Hopper's convinced that the lab's abandoned, we see a um, security camera with the light flashing. So we know that somebody's watching them. Yeah, and I, I, whenever you know, of course, seeing the other thing, and and you know the Russians are involved at this point. I just, I wondered if that was them, but then I kind of, you know, I, I keep thinking, well, maybe it's something bigger. Yeah. Um, you know, they never they never really tell you, um, you know, what's going on with that camera, but you'd have to suspect it's. The original, I guess it'd be government um, that had the own the lab or was doing all you know all the experiments at first, but I don't know for sure. But it makes you wonder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and another another camera thing I absolutely love, like a transition that they did, is when they zoomed into the security camera and when it got right up to the lens, they zoomed back out and it was the lens of Justin's binoculars. I thought that was really well done. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that one. I, I was wondering if you were going to say something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then when they're in the mall, you know, we're back to the mall, Dustin and, and Steve with his uh, binoculars, they spot this guy who looks like he could be like a, a, a you know, a bad guy out of um, like an 80s Bond movie. He's got sunglasses, <laughs> he's got like a duffel bag, um, he's got long blonde hair dressed in black. Um, and he, he turns around and he, he looks because he, he, he feels someone's following him and Dustin pretends to pick up the phone and, and Steve's like hiding. Um, and you know, the, the, the for sure I think he's the guy, but then he walks into like the yoga place and he, he takes his glasses off and inside the, the duffel bag, it's like a boom, a boom box. And he's like, come on, you can isolate those hips. And he's, he's the, the yoga instructor. <laughs> yeah, he's like the pure jazzercise or whatever <laughs> they called it back then. And, and you know, at, at first that scene, I was like, you know, that was kind of, uh, they really pushed the whole make him look like a bad guy kind of thing, you know, kind of going back to the old Terminator reference yeah. to the original bad guy Russian. Um, but then I kind of remembered, you know, track suits were kind of hip back right. then. Like, the not the mixed color. Like, you wore the the matching top, bottom. And that's, you know, I, I go look back in that scene. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I could see an Adidas or whatever, you know, Reebok back yeah. then probably. <laughs> it's something, especially a jazzercise guy would, would wear. And then it's... It's funny because, uh, you know, you see the, they kind of zoom in on the whole exercise routines and Steve's like, whoa, what, what am I doing over at Chips Ahoy <laughs> or Scoops Ahoy? <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I thought that was kind of yeah. Funny. Um, but then you know we're still in the mall. We 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 cut back to Robin, who she's doing all the work really for the deciphering the message. <laughs> you know, the, she she sort of took over from the guys, um, and she gets a delivery from someone called Lynx Transportation, um, and that's when she she sort of clicks on the. Um, on the, she's like sort of got it, hasn't she? So she, she had deciphered the message, but they didn't know what it meant. Um, so she, you know, she storms into the atrium of the mall, and she's like, "A trip to China sounds nice." Um, I'm trying to think what else she says. A light, something like foot or uh, trip, trip, to trip to China sounds nice. Um, and then she says, "If you tread lightly, tread lightly." That's and what then the camera turns to like a shoe shop. And then she, she she's starting to put it together, and she's got when blue meets yellow in the west. Then it cuts to the clock. Um, the clock is like blue and yellow, so that's you know obviously means I think at nine forty five. I think. Um, and then the guy, she like the guys walk up to her and see her in the middle, standing on top of everything. She's like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "I've cracked it." Um, yeah. I was still curious, like, I have to go back to that scene, because I, I do like codes like that. What what actually did it mean? Like, it was at a particular I th- store? I think it was that they in were between two stores, so I think, didn't okay. the, the shoe store in something else? The Chinese restaurant yeah, so, so or something? something to do with a shop in between them or something at quarter to ten. Like a, d- a delivery, okay. so the Silver Cat is the Lynx Transportation, so they deliver um, at you know nine forty-five at a certain location. I think think that's what it means. Okay, yeah, that's what I I knew. I kind of got the delivery and everything. I just didn't understand the location. I guess um, I'll have to go back and watch that in detail. But maybe is it, maybe yeah, it's it, something to do with the, the you know when it showed you with Robin at the back office the, the, like the delivery bit. Maybe it was their loading bay or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a great, great little scene, I thought. Um, I, I don't know. I just love Robin. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the Scoops Troops. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then um, we head back to, I just, I don't know. I just think these guys are really boring this season. Nancy and Jonathan, you know, she's still getting trouble at work. She opens, she's making the coffee for the office and, so somebody's taped a, a, a fake rat to the inside of the the kitchen cupboard door. So she, when it when she opens it, it pops out. Um, you know, and she goes straight away to tell Jonathan. And I I feel sorry for Jonathan because his his one job is to develop photos. You know, and every every time he's developing photos, Nancy just walks in and ruins them. <laughs> yeah, I like I I agree. I mean, I I'm glad their characters kind of spin up. Um, towards the end or, you know, a little bit past midway. Um, but like you said, I, I just didn't find this story that interesting, yeah. but, um, but I, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, it's like they're kind of, it's an adult story in a way. And I, I just, I don't know. It's like the, the kids cast. I just have more fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's more lighthearted, I guess. Yeah. 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 It feels like the, to me, the Goonies, in a sense. I know you're not <laughs> a big fan of that, but, uh, but we're going to get you to watch it again. <laughs> anyway. 
Um, but then, you know, another another familiar scene as we head back into um, where where Hopper and Eleven close the gate and it's it's all concreted up and you see all the aftermath of, you know, the demo dogs trying to attack them. And there's Joyce has got flashbacks of season one from when she went into the upside down trying to look for Will. Um, and, she, you know, she's just... She was just so convinced that something was happening at the lab, um, you know, and they sort of have a, a little heart-to-heart talk. But then, then, is this where they keep, this, is this where they hear the noise? Yeah, well, they, they have the heart-to-heart, and, and you find out for the first time that Joyce is looking to leave Hawkins. I felt that was kind of an important part because, you know, at this whole time, Harper's kind of known... Um, or Hopper, and uh, it's, uh, I don't know, I, I felt like you, you kind of got that sense of, okay, he's kind of spilling to her that he does like yeah. her, and he's trying his hardest to make her feel comfortable. Social stay. Um, but, but yeah, then we, they're basically about ready to leave, and you hear, I, I think, a clank or something, you know, somebody kicks something. Um, so... I don't know if that's where they cut. It does, yeah. Hopper goes to investigate, and then it's a hard cut straight to um, Will Byers' house, and it's Mike and Lucas who've rode over in the storm on the bikes, um, and they're knocking on his door to try and speak to him, but he's not there. He's, he's round the back inside his, um, his sort of hideout castle, Byers. Now, this, to me, was one of the saddest scenes in um this episode and it's it's will reading one of his comic books but then he gets upset and there's flashbacks to season one um of when the playing Dungeons and dragons and he's looking around all his his artwork um and he's he says you get more cutbacks of season one of when they were younger when the party was all close and then you see pictures of him dresses the ghostbusters and you see flashbacks of season two um, you know, who are you going to call Ghostbusters? Um, and I don't know, just play it on the heartstrings because then Will, you know, he just breaks down and just starts crying. Um, and I really I really feel for the guy. He's, he's missed out on so much. He's, the past two seasons, you know, he's, he's a very looked-over character in my eyes. Yeah, and I, I, I enjoyed that scene, but... And I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. <laughs> it's like one of those things I noticed on that particular scene is the artwork and the pictures. They were so perfect <laughs> when you look at the shot. Right. It's it has like water leaking in. It's just a <laughs> stick stick house. But all the artwork, it looked like it'd been there like a day or something. Um, and that kind of got me a little bit, but. Um, but I, I kind of feel like, I don't know if, and we don't quite see it, but I think that's where almost you see where Will just kind of, I don't, I don't want to say grow up, but he, he realizes, yeah, that it's not going to be the same ever again. Um, and of course he gets upset about it, but it's, I don't, you know, you do, I don't, I think we're going to see that in the next season, um, but I just feel like this is that's the breaking point yeah, of yeah. Him finally realizing because he because he so. smashes he smashes Castle Byers up, which to me again is really sad. Yeah, yeah. But then, then we, we cut straight over to 
um, our favourite couple. Um, again, you know what you were saying with the adult sort of storyline. Um, the, the, where, where do they Ms. go to, Mrs. Driscoll's house? M- Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. Driscoll's, because they're gonna get. They're gonna. They're trying to find a way. Yeah. She wants to prove to them, like, here's this rat. You tell me this thing's not. It's just not just rabies. Um, so the. They're in there, in the, the head down the stairs. Um, I'm just trying to watch the scene. I can't remember the scene. <laughs> well, yeah, they, 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 you know, she's not there. And, of course, they let themselves in because Nancy's like, well, what? You know, she's 80 years old. It's raining. Where's she going to yeah. be? Not knowing that there's bingo and other things that 80-year-olds go to, like clockwork. Or a, um, but anyway, um they let themselves in and I guess they're going to go down in the basement and get the rat. And I kind of like to sing cause they, they hear this noise like a snarling or something. And they both like, okay. And they grab some like a hammer or something. They grab something cause they yeah. know like, <laughs> so, and I think they cut from that scene. The, it, it cuts when the same Mrs. Driscoll eating the fertilizer. Um, oh so yeah, that's where it cuts, and then this is what you were saying earlier about the um, the secret message. It cuts to to the scoops troop on the the roof of the mall, um, and they're looking for the delivery of the Chinese and the shoe company. Um, so that's where them two come yeah. in. So that's they're looking for the boxes. So them two are getting deliveries at nine forty five, but then you see that you know the delivery doors is guarded by two heavily. Heavily armed men, which is not something you would normally see in a mall in the eighties. Um, and this is—it reminds me of again, like the Terminator, they make a noise because they're fighting over the binoculars, um, and they quickly duck down. You know, and the two guys with the guns, big, massive, huge submachine guns, um, are going to investigate. And then you see a little cutscene of um, Stephen Robin holding hands, which is another sign you know that these guys are going to get together um you know and then steve realizes what he's what he's doing um and he, he quickly lets go and then we get the you think the guys are going to get caught when i first watched this i actually thought that we we're going to get caught because the russian god comes up to the roof um but when he gets there nobody's there <laughs> yeah what i found funny about that scene um it's like i i I guess this is the second or third time I watched it. I was like, what are this delivery guys? Because <laughs> the delivery guys look just like normal. They look pretty yeah. young and kids. And they're just like, <laughs> if you're delivering in a mall and a guy's got a submachine gun, I mean, I don't know what I would be thinking, but it wouldn't be like I'm delivering uh, Chinese food or shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, maybe security was thick back then. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I know that's off subject, but I just I, I found that funny in that scene. Yeah. Well, then we we cut back to an intense bit at the Hawkins lab where um, a hopper has gone to investigate, but then he gets beat up by this this guy. I'm trying to see on the clip here if we actually see actually see the guy or if he's just like silhouetted. Yeah. Uh, oh yes, we do. No, yes, yeah, the, the the Terminator guy. Um, so we know that it's him, and you know Joyce can hear the commotion. Um, and she gets there and, and Hopper's like knocked out cold sort of thing um, and the, the guy comes beats him up and he's you know he speeds away on his motorbike but Joyce Joyce sees him speed away now he gets out of Hawkins lab really fast considering Joyce wasn't that far away from 
Yeah, and I always, I, I kind of was wondering, like, what the guy was doing there. Well, I think if he I was, it was the secu- the saw him on the security camera and then they sent him. Oh, okay. Um, that makes sense. So I think obviously they're keeping an eye on 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 things like that. But that it wasn't a very but do you, one. Well, do you feel like that he made that noise to bring up? Maybe he's, yeah, because if he's like a trained, you know, Russian spy or Russian, you know, bodyguard type thing, he's he's not going to make mistakes like that. So I think he wanted to draw Hopper out, um, okay. so he could so he could beat him up. Gotcha. Um, but okay. then we cut straight back to L in in Max the the ride on the bikes over to um to Heather's house. The knock on the door, but there's no answer. So Eleven uses her powers to open the door. Um, there was a cool behind-the-scenes video. I don't know if you saw this, where they called herself Ketchup <laughs> and Mustard. Um, yeah, because they were yeah. dressed in red and yellow, which was funny. Um, but it's at first, it seems like the house has got nobody in, um, and they get quite the shock when they walk into the dining room. Um, you know, Billy's sitting there talking with with Heather's, you know, mom and dad and. It, it look everything looks normal. It, it doesn't look like Billy's possessed or anything, and you know it turns out that Heather's dad is the the head of the the Hawkins Post, who's given Nancy a hard time. Yeah, that I've, when they pan when they first come in and they pan over to the the family picture of Heather, and the, I, I saw him and I was like, oh, full circle <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it doesn't make it's not a huge thing, but it was like, oh, okay, it it makes. To me, it's like okay, it's a small town. Yeah, that you know. So, but yeah, that that scene where I don't know they're playing some real the music in there is like I don't know, kind of fifties yeah. vibe music. Like they're this perfect family and they're having dinner, and here's Billy acting like <laughs> the perfect gentleman. You don't yeah, even, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, like the dad's like, "Who's this dripping all over my you know my carpet?" And he's like. Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. This is my uh, sister, Maxine. <laughs> As if he's like the perfect stepbrother. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the, the sort of Billy, you know, the sort of accused Billy of doing something to Heather. And then, like, shocked, she walks out the kitchen with a tray of cookies, which I was really shocked yeah. at. Yeah, I I don't know. I just, <laughs> the the actor that plays Billy, like, I, his range is... It's pretty I good. Think he, like I, I really, after this season, he is one of my favorite actors. His character, he played him amazingly. Yeah, <laughs> I just—I mean, the guy plays a bad guy or like that—that that guy you don't like too much, like so well. But then when he plays this, oh yeah, this is my dear sister. And he's, he's <laughs> not even American either. And his, his accent is absolutely perfect. So, like, yeah. I imagine yeah. how hard acting is, but then to do it like in an accent that's not yours, I can imagine that being twice as hard. Yeah. Um, but then Max and Eleven leave, and Billy's watching them, and this is where Billy, you know, the mind flare sort of tells Billy that that she's the one that closed the gate because we see a flashback to season two, so that's when we realise Billy knows who Eleven is. Yeah. Um, so that's just a sort of a little interlude. But then we cut back to Castle Byers, and this is where um, Lucas and Mike run up to him, and he's he's standing there crying, and he's he's demolished uh, Castle Byers, and he just turns round and he says to um, 
Will says that Lucas and Mike, he's back. So he, he's obviously, he knows that the Mind Flayer's back fully and, f- like, you know, not just, like, hints of it. He's definitely back. Yeah, and that scene, I'm assuming he sensed the Mind Flayer, I guess, talking to yeah. Billy. Because it seems like that's where he's, like, used his powers. Or I don't know how they sense each other, but, but, uh, but yeah. And then they cut back <laughs> to the perfect family. The, the final scene. Um, so we've, you know, it, look, it looks like, um, you know, Heather's mom's had too much to drink and Heather's dad's like, you know, we've talked about this, you shouldn't be drinking so much. And she gets up to go to bed and, and she sort of falls over. So the dad runs after her. And then I was actually shocked at this part because Heather just gets up and whacks him across the head with the wine bottle. <laughs> and I was just, I was yeah. like, what, what, what's happening? Um, you know, and Billy's got like a mouthful of food and he just calmly, I think it's something that's like chloroform or something, he just calmly pours it onto his napkin while he's eating. Um, <laughs> and he just casually watches Heather like knock her dad out with some sort of drug. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming like what happened there is they drugged the wine maybe. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of shows like he, I think his name's Tom, didn't drink the wine like the mom yeah. did and that's why the mom passed out but they were like okay we're gonna have to result or you know use use a different means of incapacitating him and they're like yeah we'll just whack him in the head <laughs> <laughs> and then then it just simply cuts to the credits and, and leaves it on a huge huge cliffhanger yeah it was another one of those where you just like it's only midnight he's <laughs> <laughs> one going i'm only at work in four hours it's fine <laughs> yeah um one of my favorite i i really liked episode three um i just felt like it was it was to me it was like the start of everything coming forward yeah. and and you know it just kind of started ramping things up to me and and that's what i you know in movies that's kind of the, the my favorite parts is when everything starts the wheels start spinning you start your mind's really kicking um so yeah, well, that, I'm looking forward. To I that. enjoyed that episode as well. It, it had everything, you know. It had fun, it had mystery, it had drama, it had horror. It had. It was like a really packed episode that took you on like a an emotional journey, so to speak. You know, it, it took you across a lot of different emotions. You know, from the sadness to Will, you know, to the happiness of Dustin in, in the mall and stuff, to like the the action of Hopper getting beat up. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking to talk, looking forward even to talking about episode four. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite ones, too. I guess they're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll, we'll keep that chat for next week. Um, so that's yep. been our episode, guys. So that's our review of episode three. We hope you enjoyed it. Jason, where can we find you on social media? Um, and Twitter, Bullock347, and YouTube, uh, The Bullock Family. And I, on Twitter, I'm at ThatFloridaGuy1. Um, and if you go on YouTube, I make videos as well. Um, just search that Florida guy and I hopefully should pop up um, so reach out to us guys on Twitter you know we love talking about the show I'm obsessed with Stranger Things I know Jason loves it as well and we actually talk about it daily off the podcast as well um, so that's our show guys we'll see you next week and thanks for listening